your Bibles here to Genesis chapter 30. Uh, Genesis chapter 30. And we're just going to read a few verses, but keep your Bibles open. We're going to go back to the uh, couple passages here in a little while and read a little more. And so Genesis chapter number 30. And let's all stand together here for the reading of God's Word, please. We're going to start reading in verse number 22, and we'll read through verse number 27. And just a few verses there, and we'll uh, read those responsively. So Genesis chapter 30. I don't plan to be long tonight. I know you hear that a lot, and uh, you don't trust to believe me. And I usually say that on Sunday night because I'm tired. And I said, well, I don't want to preach very long. But then I get started, and it's like, oh, man, I don't want to stop now. And, uh, uh, but but I, 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 did, uh, I did hear uh, my bed calling my name and, uh, and uh, a big bowl of ice cream calling my name. So i got to get home and tend to those things. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 30, verse number uh, 22. He said, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her, and opened her womb together. And she conceived, and bare a son, and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. And it came to pass, when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go into mine own place, into my own country. Verse 26, Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go, for thou knowest my service, which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And I want to uh, preach on this title here tonight, is stay close to the fountain. Stay close to the fountain. Um, and so let's pray here, and we'll, uh, we'll get into it here in a moment. Father, I pray that you'd use it tonight. As the next song is sung, I pray that it'll stir our hearts and we'll listen to the words, we'll prepare our spirit, prepare our heart uh, for the Word of God as it is open that we may gather some great truth from it that will help us. Um, life is short and our walk with you is precious. I pray tonight we'll help walk guard around it. In Jesus' name, amen. not of works or tell of good deeds for not have I done to merit his grace all glory and praise shall rest upon him so willing to die
trophies and crowns, my robe stained with sin, t'was all that I had to lay at his feet, unworthy to eat from the table of life, to love me. Good, good truth there. Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that you'd uh, use this truth, speak through me, and help me to be uh, surrendered to you, and I believe this is what you'd have for us tonight, so I pray that it would help us in Jesus' name, amen. Jacob was a trickster, that's what his, uh, his name actually meant, it meant trickster, it meant con artist, uh, a liar, a thief. Uh, that was who he was, that was his character, that was the type of person he was. And uh, if you remember correctly, he, uh, he was out, uh, he was home cooking some, some chili, some red soup, the Bible says, and he was probably a type of chili, and he's cooking up this, this meal, and his brother uh, Esau was out in the fields hunting, been hunting all day, and he, he gets home, and uh, nothing, uh, didn't, didn't uh, shoot anything, didn't kill anything. He comes in from a long day of hunting, and boy, he's just starving to death, you know, and he's hungry. And he smells that soup, and he walks to the door, and he says to his little brother, he says, boy, give me some of that. Of course, you know how little brothers are, <laughs> like I'll sell it to you, and uh, you ain't going to give it to you, I'll sell you some. And uh, he said, well, what, what, well what, what, what will that take? I'm so hungry, I'm about ready to die. What, what, what's it going to take? He said, give me your birthright. Now, the birthright is the oldest child uh, got a double portion of the inheritance. Uh, so whoever, whatever, they take the whole inheritance, divide it up, the oldest child would always get double what anybody else would get. That was called the birthright. And uh, Esau foolishly sold his birthright and gave it to him, uh, uh, an eternal, uh, lifelong blessing for one bowl of soup. And the boy afterwards, he felt taken advantage of, and he was, and Jacob you know, tricked him out of it, and it, it wasn't a, a right thing to do at all, but he did it. Well, time went by, and uh, uh, years passed, and pretty soon their father was on his deathbed, 
And the father was Isaac, and he's on his deathbed, and he can't see very well, and he's, he's, uh, he's blinded now, and he's older, and he knows he's passing. He knows that, he knows that death is at the door, and so he, he calls for his, uh, uh, his, his, uh, his son and said, listen, said to Esau, his oldest son, I want you to go and, uh, uh, and make me, uh, go kill me a deer and make me some venison, and let's sit down, we're going to have a meal, and then I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. Uh, now, the blessing was a little different than the birthright. The blessing was more the spiritual blessing. It was more of the, the right to lead the family spiritually and, uh, uh, and to uh, have a position in the home and things like that. And so Esau goes out and looks for a deer. Well, in the meantime, uh, 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 Jacob and his mom overheard that. And she quickly brought him aside and said, hey, let's, why don't you steal the blessing from him? And so they quickly went in and got some meat and cooked it the way uh, that his father liked and disguised him and, and made him uh, put some hair in his arms so he was a little hairier like his brother and, and he smelt like his brother and so on and took him in there and said, I, I brought back the, the, the meat for you, the venison. And Isaac, uh, he caught on a little bit there and said, hey, wait a minute, now when the voice sounds like, he, uh, sounds like Jacob. He said, come a little closer here. He put his hands up on his neck and he felt the hair on his neck the, the, and felt the hair on his arms. And, well, you're hairy like Esau. I'm old. My eyes are bad. Maybe my ears bad, too. He said, how is it that you got back so quickly? And he, he blamed God. You know, that, that's what backslidden people do. They blame God. Well, the Lord brought a deer my way, you know, and, uh, and I was able to kill him. And, and so they, uh, he went ahead and blessed him on his, on, his, on his deathbed. And so now you have Jacob, the younger brother, the trickster, the thief, the liar. He, he has now uh, uh, stolen the birthright, and he's also stolen the blessing and left Esau with nothing. Uh, boy, he, uh, uh, by the way, God did honor that blessing. God did honor that. He became later in the, uh, uh, the, 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 the father of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And God did honor it, but boy, he ran for his life. He got out of it because he knew Esau was going to kill him, and he ran for his life. And so he went out and, uh, and uh, he, he was uh, uh, begging God to, uh, uh, at one point, the Lord got a hold of his heart. And rest, the Bible says they wrestled all night with an angel of the Lord. And, and Jacob wrestled all night, would not let that angel of the Lord go. And if you look at that, I think it was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, what they call a, theno, a, a, a theophany. And, and so they, uh, uh, he wrestled all night and he would not let that angel go. And finally, the angel said, let me go. The day breaketh, I have got to go. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And uh, he said, I've got to have a change. I, he said, fine, I'm going to change your name from Jacob to Israel. You're no longer going to be the trickster. You're now going to be a prince of God. You're no longer going to be the liar. You're now going to be the prince of God. And that, he changed his name. And, and then the angel went about his way. And, and Jacob went about his way, now called Israel. But before this takes place, before that change took place, uh, as Jacob is running from his brother Esau, he stops in a little place called Haran. Now follow me here as we uh, lay down the, the foundation here for the sermon. But he stops in a little town called Haran. So he just, he cheats his older brother out of the blessing, and then he, or the birthright. Then he cheats his brother out of the blessing. He runs for his life. He stops in a little place called Haran. And while he's there, he goes to the well, and there's women that are coming to draw water. And, and uh, there he helps one of the ladies get waters and find out uh, uh, her name. And, and, uh, and uh, she went home and told her father about this man. And the father said, well, go get him. Don't just, he helped you go get him. And so brought him back home. And so she brought this, this man, Jacob, back home. 
to meet her dad. Well, come to find out her dad was Laban. It was a, a relative, a distant relative of theirs. And so they, um, uh, he stays with them and, uh, and, and starts to work with them. And all of a sudden, Laban says, listen, where are you going, Ellie? Sit. Oh, you can hold it. Sit down. And, uh, and so he, uh, uh, he said, to, he said um, if, the, if the pew's wet after church, let me know, Miss Lynette. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, he said, huh? Yeah. Ellie, go ahead and go. Hurry it up. Take care of this before church. Hurry up. Hurry up. Move, 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 move. Move. Better go quicker. And uh, afterwards, go sit outside so you don't disrupt the service coming in. I'm just kidding. And, uh, and so uh, Laban said, I'll hire you. I'll hire you to work for me. He said, okay. And uh, he said, well, what would your pay be? And he said, well, you know, uh, your, your daughter, uh, she's, uh, that's, uh, that was, that's Greek for beautiful. And, uh, and uh, Hebrew. And he said, she's, mm, she's beautiful. And he said, I want to marry your daughter. I'll work for seven years for you. That's his dad said. Laban said, you work here seven years. Can you imagine laboring seven years to get the girl you love? And uh, he said, okay, I will. And so, um, and so uh, uh, he, he labored, and, and seven years went by, and he's going to marry Rachel. And the day came, and they got to the altar, and they said, I do. And she lifted the veil, and it wasn't Rachel. It was Leah. Uh, the, uh, I love it. The trickster got tricked. The con artist got conned. And he turns, he looks at his father-in-law and says, wait a minute, what is this? I didn't work for seven years for Le Leah, or Leah. I worked for Rachel. Leah's a sister. I don't like her. And he said, well, you know, it's, it'd be a shame to let the, uh, let, let the younger one go first. So you have to marry her. He said, but I wanted Rachel. He said, I'll tell you what, Laban, stop making a deal with you. You work seven more years and you can have Rachel. <laughs> he did. He worked another seven years and he got Rachel. Through this time, now he is married to two sisters. And uh, I mean, you think one wife is bad. Imagine having two. Uh, I'll tell you what, Solomon was, the, was more of a man than any of us. He had a thousand wives. That's a, shoo. Can you imagine date night? And uh, that's expensive. And uh, so uh, here we are. I mean, he's got two wives. He's now he's, he's been working with Laban for about 20 plus years during this time. He has several children. He's got 12 boys. He's got a daughter. Been there for 12 years. Now go back to Genesis chapter 30. And look at verse number 26. This is Jacob coming to Laban, his father-in-law. And this is what he said, verse 26. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served thee and let me go. For thou knowest my service which I have done for thee. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, uh, uh, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. I have, I've worked for you now for, for many years, and uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pack up my family, and we're going to move on and uh, move somewhere else with my family. Now look at verse 27. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favor in thine eyes, tarry or stay here. For I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, appoint me thy wages and I will give it. Here's what he said. He said, I've learned something, Jacob. Don't, don't go. Please don't go. You've been here with me over 20 years now. Don't go because I've learned something by experience. I've learned that with you being here with me, God has blessed me more because you are here. 
He said, you name your salary. You tell me what you need to make. You tell me what you're looking for, and I'll gladly pay it if you'll just stay with me and work here longer. Why? Because I'm being blessed by your presence. Um, you know, uh, uh, it's a great truth and a great testimony to have that uh, he was being, Laban was blessed because of Jacob's simple presence and God's hand upon Jacob. You know, if we will stay close to that fountain and we'll stay close to those whom God is with, you'll find that you'll be blessed too. I mean, if you're in a car with three other people and, and one of those people's a godly person and God has to get them where they're going safely, everybody else in the car is going to get there safe too. Uh, uh, stay close to that fountain. We were down in... Um, in uh, uh, Texas, uh, I don't know, about a year ago or so, and uh, for uh, something, I it was a wedding. Was that the wedding we went down there for? There's the wedding. I don't know. We went down there, and, and so we, uh, we, we, we were uh, getting ready to come back, and we stopped in Texas. We went to a church there on Wednesday night, and uh, boy, that night there was a tornado watches. You had the big sirens going off all over, you know, and, and, uh, and I'd never seen a tornado in real life. You know, I, I'd like to see one, but not real close, but, you know, I'd like to see one. I don't want to be like Dorothy, you know, or something like that. I just, you know, I like to see it from a distance. And, and so anyways, the, uh, the, the tornado the, the alarms are going off and everything, and and uh, I was uh, I was somewhere. I think I was. I went to the store or something. And and uh, my wife was at the church. And uh, she called and said, "Look, the pastor says you got to get in here. They have a they have a safe uh, safe house for tornadoes, and and you got to get back over here. Because, you know, this is nothing to mess with." And of course, I'm bummed out. I want to see the tornado. You know. And well, okay. So I head back. And it, it's crazy. I mean, I'm uh, out in the street. The street has that much water in it in a matter of about 15 minutes. And it was like a river. Yeah, it was really pretty amazing. Hail coming down. And it was crazy, you know. And you could see the clouds mixing. And it was really pretty crazy. And so everybody else is in the, in the church except for, you know, about three idiots. I was one of them. We're outside. And uh, we're outside the door looking for the tornadoes. Me and the pastor and some other guy. And, uh, and so we're out there looking for the tornado. Wanting to see where it touches down and so on. While we're out there, the pastor said this. He said, you know, several years ago, a tornado had come through. And this tornado had come through. It came right down and destroyed everything. Came right down this street. And he said, it came right down the street and destroyed house after house after house after house. It got to the church. The tornado went up, skipped the church, landed on the other side, and started tearing up houses again. You know, and I thought, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> I'm staying right here in this church. This is a good place to be. It's a safe house, amen? But you know uh, why? Because God's blessing maybe was around that little church, and God said, I'm going to watch over this church, and I'll take care of this. I, the, the rest of the houses can be demolished, but I'm going to bless this church. Now, that church might have been safe, and the preacher might have been in there, and maybe his wife was in there, and maybe a few members were in there, but I dare say that if the neighbor across the street came over and was inside that church at the same time, that neighbor also would have been safe. Right? Amen. Stay close to those that God is with. Stay close to those that God is with. Take your Bibles and go to Numbers. Numbers chapter number 16. And we're going to read here and just, you just follow along. Numbers chapter 16. Verse number 1. Now Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan, 
in, in the Byram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, the sons of Reuben, took men. Okay, verse 2. Kor and these men, they came and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. So they went through the congregation, they got a bunch of well-known people, people that had some, some power, some clout, some, some, uh, you know, some position. And they gathered, verse 3, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said unto them, and look at this, ye take too much upon you. They come to Moses, they come to Aaron. Moses is the leader now. Moses is, is the one God called to lead the children of Israel. And so Moses is the, the head of this whole mess. And, and Aaron's right there by him, his right-hand man. And, and they come to these, these, uh, these, these, these uh, men that gather together. And they come to Moses and Aaron and they say, Ye take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy and every one of them. And the Lord is among them. Wherefore then lift ye up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord. They said, hey, we're all Christians here. We're all God's people. Why do you get to lead us? Who do you think you are? Verse 4. And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. And he spake unto Korah and unto all his company, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy. And will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near to him. This do. Take you censers. Korah and all of his company, and put fire in them, and put an incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord doth choose, he shall be holy. And I love what Moses said back to them. Ye take too much upon you, <laughs> ye, sons of, ye sons of Levi. Uh, they came and said, you take too much upon you trying to lead us. He said, we'll find out tomorrow who God's chosen. And you might have just bit off more than you can chew. Because you take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. Verse number 8. And Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, you sons of Levi, seemeth it but a small thing unto you, that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel, to bring you near to himself, to do service for the tabernacle of the Lord, and to stand before the congregation and minister unto him? And he hath brought thee near to him, and all the brethren, the sons of Levi, will ask thee, and seek ye the priesthood also." For which cause both thou and thy company are gathered together against the Lord? And what is Aaron, that ye murmur against him? And Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and said, We will, come, uh, we will not come up. It is a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth with milk and honey to kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us. And there, they're, they're bashing Moses again. Moreover, uh, thou hast not uh, brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Wilt thou put out the eyes of these men? We'll, uh, we will not come up. Verse 15, And Moses was wroth, and he said unto the Lord, Respect not thou their offering. I have not taken one ass from them, and neither have I hurt a one of them. Here's what Moses is saying. They're sitting here criticizing me without a cause. I've not taken advantage of them. I've not hurt them. I've not done anything wrong to them. And here they are criticizing me. He said, Lord, I'm asking you, don't listen to their, when they come and bring their, their incense and their censers of fire before you, don't listen to their prayer. Don't, don't answer them uh, uh, because uh, I've not done them wrong at all. Verse 16, and Moses said to Korah, be, uh, 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 be thou and all thy company before the Lord, thou and they and Aaron tomorrow. And take every man his censer and put incense in them and bring the censer and, uh, uh, before uh, the Lord, every man his censer. 250 
censers, thou also and Aaron, each of you his censer. Verse 18. And they took every man his censer and put fire in them and laid incense thereon and stood in the door of the tabernacle of the congregation with Moses and Aaron. Verse 19, and Korah gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, get this, verse 21, separate yourselves from among this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And they fell on their faces and said, O oh God, the God of the spirits of all flesh, shall one man sin, and wilt thou be wroth with all the congregation? And the Lord spake unto Moses and saying, Speak unto the congregation, saying, Get you up from about the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. And Moses rose up and went unto Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. And he spake unto the congregation, saying, Depart, I pray you, from the tents of these wicked men, and touch nothing of theirs, lest ye be consumed with all their sins. Uh, so here's what's going on. They said, they came and said, Korah uh, 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 and his crowd, they said, uh, Moses, who do you think you are? Why do you feel like you are better than us and you get to lead the congregation? What about us? We're just as good as you. We can lead the congregation. Moses said, I didn't choose to lead the congregation. God chose me and God put his hand on me. Now tomorrow, let's just find out whom God did choose. So Moses and Aaron, they show up to the tabernacle and told Korah and all his people, 250 people at least that were against Moses, they all gathered at the church house too. And there stands Moses against this 250 plus people standing out there ready to, ready to vote him out and do him in. And he stood there and he said, and God said, Moses, get away from that man. <laughs> you better get away from that man otherwise you're going to get consumed with him. Moses said, well, Lord, is it, is it, is it, what about other people though that are around here? He said, well, warn them. So Moses stood up and said, I'm telling you right now, everybody, you better get away from the tents of these wicked men. Stay away from them, and I, I, I'm leaving. Y'all do what you want to do, but I'm telling you right now, I'd get away from them. And Moses takes off. Moses leaves. Go down to verse 27. And so they gathered up, uh, uh, up from the tabernacle of Korah, Dathan, uh, Dathan and Abiram on every side. And Dathan and Abiram came out and stood in the door of their tents and their wives and their sons and their children. And Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them of mine own hand, uh, or my own mind. Verse 29. And if these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. So he's sitting there saying, If God don't do something, these guys die a natural death, and maybe they have a leg to stand on. But you be careful because I don't think they're going to die a natural death. Verse 30. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them and they go down quick into the pit, then ye shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. And it came to pass as he had made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder and underneath them and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their houses and all the men that appertained unto Korah and all their goods, they and all that appertained to them, they went down alive into the pit and the earth closed upon them and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were round about them fled at the cry of them for they said, lest the earth swallow us up also. And there came out a fire from the Lord and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest. 
and take up the censers of the burnt offerings and scatter thou the fire yonder, for they are hallowed. And the censers of these sinners against their own souls, let them uh, uh, make them a broad plates for a covering of the altar, for they offered them before the Lord, before the, uh, therefore they are hallowed. And they shall be a sign unto the children of Israel. And Eliezer the priest took the brazen censers wherewith they were burnt, uh, they, they were burnt and offered, and they were made a broad plates. They made broad plates for covering to the altar to be a memorial unto the children of Israel that no stranger which is not of the seed of Aaron shall come near to offer incense before the Lord, that he be not as Korah and his company as the Lord said unto them by the hand of Moses. Verse forty-one. But on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses. Here they go again. Here they go again. They just watched Korah. Korah just complained. And Korah just tried to stir something up. And Korah just tried to lead a rebellion against Moses. The earth opened up, swallowed up everybody with Korah and everybody around Korah, swallowed them up. Fire came down, destroyed the other 250 of them. And the next day, another group of people comes up and they start criticizing Moses again. Why are you killing all those people, Moses? Uh, uh, verse number um, uh, 41. On the, morrow, on the morrow, all the congregation of the children of, of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, saying, Ye have killed the people of the Lord. Verse 42. It came to pass when the congregation was gathered against Moses and against Aaron, and they, uh, they looked uh, toward the tabernacle of the congregation, and behold, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord appeared. And Moses and Aaron came before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Get you up from among this congregation, that I may consume them as in a moment. And they fell upon their faces. And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from the altar and put on incense and go quickly unto the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath gone out from God, or from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took a, uh, as Moses had commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. Behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put incense, uh, put on the incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 besides them that died in the matter of Korah. And Aaron returned unto Moses at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and the plague was stayed. Boy, what a, what a story. I mean, here they, uh, they, they're going to rise up. Korah gets a group of people together and says, let's go uh, uh, find out why Moses, why Moses thinks he's the hot shot. He shouldn't be the leader of this crowd. We're just, we're all God's people. And so Korah came and said, Moses, you take too much upon you. And he said, no, you take too much upon you. We'll find out tomorrow if you die a natural death. I'm wrong. But I don't think you'll die a natural death. And the next day, the earth opened up and swallowed them all up. And not only did it take Korah and Abiram and Datham, who did it take? Everybody around them. All their family and all their children and all their tents and all their goods swallowed it up. Shut the earth right upon them. I read a story not long ago about the 1964 earthquake downtown. The, the, earth had, the earth had shaken and the earth had opened up and a child had fallen in. And her brother, was a little girl, and another bystander was there watching. And the brother reached down in there to get the girl and tried to get her. And at that moment, he fell in. And as soon as he went in that crack, the earth closed right back up on top of them, right downtown Anchorage. They never did find their bodies. I'm just saying that that's how it was like. They opened it up, and everybody was sucked in, and it, and it shut on top of them. And the next day, they came by and started criticizing Moses again. Oh, yeah, here you go, Moses, killing people now. It's all your fault. Moses said, boy, I'm telling you, you better be careful. And God said, Moses, better get back from them too because I'm not happy with this. 
Moses goes and says, man, man listen, God's going to take care of them. Also, they ran out of the tabernacle. He tells Aaron, you better go in there and try to, try to plead with them and make an atonement for them and ask God to stop killing them. By the way, your preacher that you criticize, sometimes your best friend. The one you criticize, the one that you, the one you were, they were, well, who do you think you are, preacher? I think I'm the man that prays for you all the time. The man that stands there and tries to help you and does things for you that you don't even know that I do for you half the time. But anyway, he, uh, he came in and he made an, a, 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 an offering to get God to stop. And when he did, oh, by that time, 14,000 more people had already died. Why? Because they're hanging around the wrong crowd. They're hanging around the crowd that sucked up Moses. I'll give you two points this morning I'm done or tonight. Number one, when you stay close to where God is, you'll have the blessings of God there. You'll have the protection of God there. If you'll stay with, hey, when Moses left, all those that left and got out of the way with Moses, they were just as safe as Moses. When they stayed with Moses, they were safe with Moses. And I say today that when you get around where God is and get around the people with whom God is, you'll be safe too. And you'll be protected too. And you'll have those blessings too. If you'll get in that house where the tornado comes through and the tornado jumps that church, hey, you'll be safe too. Um, if you remember Elijah, Elijah comes and he stands before, uh, he stands before um, uh, the, the, the king uh, Ahab, the wicked king. He says to the little wicked king Ahab, he says, listen, he said, because of the wickedness that you have, he said, it's not going to rain. There's going to be a drought in the land and there won't be a drop of water in this land until I say so. He walked off. Now, what we forget is that Elijah lived in that land too. And sure enough, no water, no rain. Not so bad for the first couple months. But pretty soon the creek started drying up. The, 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 the crops started dying. The animals are dying. And that drought had brought in a great famine. Boy, this was a bad thing. Three years go by. Three years go by. No food, no water. I mean, things are tight. Things are rough. Three years go by. But I want you to notice something. God came to Elijah and said, Elijah, go down to a little brook over here. I have a little creek at Cherith. I want you to go there, and I'll make sure you're taken care of there. And he goes down there, and he had food, and he had water. Anybody else that would have went with Elijah would have had the same thing. Pretty soon that brook dries up. And God said, Elijah, there's a widow woman. Now, she's part of this drought problem, too. And she's over here in Zarephath, and she don't have anything uh, either. Uh, but I want you to go stay with her. He shows up at the widow woman's house. And he gets over there and introduces himself and says, I'm, the, I'm Elijah. And uh, no doubt they knew who he was and heard of him. He says, I'm Elijah. And, and, uh, and he said, I'm hungry. Give me something to eat. She said, sir, I don't have anything left. I got a little handful of cornmeal left and I got just a little, a little bit of oil here. I'm going to mix them together and make, me, make myself a little cake and put it in the oven and cook it. Me and my son are going to eat it. And that's our last meal. You know the drought. You know how bad it's been. You know there's no food. There's no water. You know how hard it is. This is the last thing we got. We're going to die. And Elijah said, I'll tell you what. God's going to take care of me. And if you'll stay with me, God will take care of you too. You make that cake. And feed, feed me. And I promise you'll be taken care of. And that widow woman ate that cake and out of faith she gave that thing to Elijah. And Elijah ate. And I imagine she's sitting there watching him. She's probably drooling and her son's probably drooling. And uh, he gets done eating. He wipes his mouth and says, now I want y'all go make yourself one. She said, go make ourselves one. But you don't understand. We ain't got, we ain't got no more oil. 
That's funny. But I got no more, uh, no more. Uh, well, there was no more meal in there a second ago. She goes and makes herself a cake, and she ate. Next day, Elijah said, make me something to eat. She did, and then she went and made herself something to eat. And listen, God took care of her as long as she was there by Elijah. Why? Because God was taking care of Elijah. God took care of Elijah, and she stayed close to Elijah. I'm saying you stay close to that fountain where God is. Remember Paul? Of course, man, Paul, boy, they, they are always trying to kill Paul. And uh, Paul gets in trouble again for preaching and and gets arrested. I tell you what, when the day's going to come, we're going to have to we're going to have to decide where we stand, Christian. I'm telling you this uh, for years, and it is coming more and more and more. It is coming. We're going to have to decide who we are and what we are and where we stand. Uh, Greg Shoof, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, arrested in Rwanda, and my bus captain in college, a missionary that we'd supported before, and and uh, arrested for what? For saying that they, the government's heathen. They arrested him, put him in jail. Took away, destroyed his radio station. Took him years and uh, thousands of dollars to build this radio station. And, and uh, it was preaching the gospel to multiple millions of people. We, year after year, they took it and destroyed it all. Why? Because he decided where he stood. He stood there and said, I'm not bending. I'm not bending. Boy, they're, and they took it after Paul. Paul said, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'd rather preach in Jesus' name and be put in jail than to bend, uh, uh, bend my standard and put my tail between my legs and run. I'm going to keep on preaching. They arrest him. Now they're shipping him off to Rome. Well, the Bible, God had already told Paul, you have to go to Rome. I have a job for you, Rome. You're going to go to Rome. You'll be there. They get in the boat. Off they go. They get out in the, in the, in the middle of the sea, and this horrible storm came. This, this, uh, 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 this uh, uh, what am I thinking of here? Not, like a, not, a, not a tornado. What? what? Hur like a hurricane. Hurricane came through. They, they named the name of the hurricane was Eurachlodon. They've been naming the hurricanes for years. They named the hurricane Eurachlodon. And Eurachlodon came through. It was a horrible thing. And the waves are hitting the ship. And they're taking goods and they're throwing them overboard, hoping to keep the ship afloat. And they're scared to death. The boat's breaking apart. And Paul's sleeping. They go down there and say, wake up, Paul. And he comes up and says, hey, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Nobody here is going to lose their life. Because God's already told me I have to get to Rome. And if you're here with me, we'll all get there, okay? And sure enough, not a one of them lost their lives that day. Everything, why? Because, of, because God was for all the other prisoners on the boat? No, God was with Paul on the boat. And just because they happened to be close to Paul, they were taken care of. What I'm saying is, you better get around somewhere where God is. You get around the people that God is with. You get around those that God's taken care of. Get around those that God is blessing. And you stay close to Moses. And don't get close to Korah. You might get sucked up. Stay with Moses. Stay with Elijah. Stay with Paul. You might have some safety. I wonder how many planes have not crashed because there was a man of God or a lady of God on that plane that God was protecting. I wonder how many car accidents have been saved because not because of anybody else in that car, but because there was somebody in that car that was with God and close to God and God said, I got to keep it safe for his sake, for his sake. I wonder how many accidents have been avoided because one man or one lady of God was abroad. Uh, take, take your Bibles, you're in Genesis. Go back to Genesis chapter 39. Genesis 39. We'll just read one verse here. We know about Joseph. Joseph was a good, godly man. Sold off into slavery. 
and uh, sent to Egypt and left for dead and nobody uh, cared for him. Nobody, uh, his brothers didn't want him. He gets there. He's falsely accused. He'd gone into prison. But the Bible says everywhere he went, he pleased the Lord. Everywhere he was, he kept a good testimony. He kept pleasing the Lord. Look at Genesis 39, look at verse number 5. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. Why? Because, because the Lord was with Potiphar? No, the Lord wasn't with Potiphar. The Lord was with Joseph. And because Joseph was in the house, God was going to bless Joseph, so by blessing Joseph, he blessed everybody with a residual effect around Joseph. And the whole house was blessed. And all, hey, I want to make sure I feed Joseph well, so what am I going to do? I got to make sure the fields produce well. I want to make sure that I take care of Joseph well, so I'll make sure that the cows produce well. I want to make sure I take care of Joseph well, so I'll make sure the house don't burn down, and I'll protect everybody there. And when, because of Joseph, for his sake, he was there, everybody around Joseph was taken care of also. Uh, remember Paul and Silas? Paul and Silas are in jail, and here they are at midnight. They decide, let's pray and sing songs. They start singing. They start praising God at midnight, and all of a sudden, the, the ground begins to shake, and the jail opens up. Hey, there's other prisoners in there, too, by the way. wonder how many other prisoners got free that night, amen? They go, why? Because of Paul and Silas. Now all the murderers are back out. But uh, I, I'm just saying, listen, when you stay close to God, where God is, you'll be taken care of also. But number two, when you are further from God and you get around those that are not close to God and with his presence, you're going to reap their benefits also. If you want to stay with Moses, you'll reap the protection and the blessings of God. You want to stay with Korah, you're going to be swallowed up. You want to stay with, you want to stay with Paul? You're going to reap the protection and the blessing that Paul had. If you want to, if you want to go to Nebuchadnezzar's, you'll end up eating gra grass in the field for seven years like a wild animal like Nebuchadnezzar did. You'll have less protection and less blessings and the curse all around you. Remember Israel? Israel comes in. They take the land of uh, going into Canaan land. They take Jericho. Was your lesson on Jericho this morning? Yeah, I thought so. I'm going to kill you if you give out those things ever again, Miss Lynette. That's all I heard all day. <laughs> These little horns. <laughs> and uh, and uh, this morning I was trying to talk to people. I kept hearing, <laughs> and we went on for like 20 minutes. And finally, who in the world is that? Was it, was, was it Miriam? They had it. I was like, give me that thing. I'm going to break that. And, uh, but uh, uh, they came in. They took Jericho and knocked Jericho flat. And God said, don't take anything out of that town. Everything there belongs to me. It's a tithe of land. By the way, the first belonged to God. He said, take all the gold and silver and put it into the treasury of the house of God and burn everything else. Well, one man, Achan, decided he knew more than God. And he grabbed some soul gold and grabbed some silver and grabbed the Babylonian garments and he hid them and buried them inside of his tent. Thought he got away with it. And, uh, and, and, and because of the sin of one person and one person was right there in the middle of it, because of his sin, the next time they went off into battle, guess what happened? Thousands lost their lives. People lost their lives. Why? Because one man didn't want to do right and they're hanging around that man. God said, boy, you better get rid of that man. Get him out of Israel because all of Israel is going to be cursed because of that one man. I've often wondered, who's the one or two people holding back Aurora Baptist Church? 
Who are the few people that want to live a double life and out there living in sin and, and stealing God's tithe and, and, uh, and having a bad testimony and, and slaughtering the name of God? Who is it? I wonder what God could do here if we all decided to obey God and be holy. Boy, it would be amazing what would happen. Go, and in Exodus, you have to turn to it, Exodus chapter 18. Egypt, Egypt, uh, uh, the, the Bible says that Egypt was now being cursed because the new Pharaoh came in and he turned on the Israelites. He turned on the Israelites and said, I'm not going to uh, uh, take care of them anymore. They're going to become slaves and we're going to try to kill them. And in so doing, the, the, uh, for Israel's sake, Egypt was cursed and destroyed with all the plagues. Why? Because they didn't want to stay close to God's people. There's a man in the Bible named Jonah. Jonah, God calls Jonah and says, Jonah, I want you to go preach at, at uh, Nineveh. You go to the city and preach. And Jonah got, Jonah got scared and said, I'm not going. So where'd he go? He got went the opposite direction. He went down to Nineveh. He went down and he got himself a ticket and got on the boat and off they went. Oh, guess what happened on that boat? God wasn't happy. That boat started, a great storm came. And the boat was being broke apart. They're throwing thousands of dollars worth of goods overboard, trying to keep the boat afloat. They're throwing stuff overboard, and, and their lives are they're afraid they're going to die, and they know that the, the ship is falling apart. Jonah's sleeping. Finally, they come up there, and they said, who, what is going on here? God's mad at somebody on this boat. And they looked at Jonah and said, by the way, who are you? What are you doing on this boat? Who are you, and what are you doing? Where are you going? You tell us your story. And Jonah said it. My fault. God's not mad at y'all. God's mad at me. And you leave me on this boat, God's going to kill everybody on this boat with me. But if you'll throw me over, you'll be okay. And they, sure enough, they picked him up and, whew, off he went. And guess what? Storm ceased. Why? They were going to lose their lives and they lost thousands of dollars and lost their but lost everything because they're hanging around the wrong person. The wrong person. Once they got that person out, guess what happened? Everything went back to normal again. So here's what I'm saying. You better be careful who you're hanging around because if you start walking around people that aren't close to God, you're going to reap the benefits of people that aren't close to God. You're going to be swallowed up. You're going, to be, you're going to be the one hungry in the family. You're going to be the one not taken care of. You're going to be the one that bears the curse. You better be careful hanging around people and places that God is not with. But you get around people where God is, and you'll find yourself just as taken care of, just as blessed. I wonder how many rebellious teenager has, has been well taken care of because of a godly mom and dad. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, and, and by the way, it is more dangerous to be around those who were close to God and backslid. You know, God gives a lot more attention if Brother Dickerson were to go out and start smoking pot tonight. God would give a lot more attention to Brother Dickerson smoking pot than he does the guy who'd never been in church and never, never read the Bible, never knew any better, and his parents were dope heads and he was smoking pot. God, not that God don't care about him, it's just that God's going to care a lot more about his own son that he's already had and been close to. That's just the way it works. The Bible says judgment must begin in the house of God. The Bible says this, he says, to whom much is given, much is required. 
Boy, when you when you've been given much and and you're and you, listen, you, you you see somebody backsliding and walking away from God. I'd stay. There was a day when Korah followed Moses. There was a day when Korah was right there by Moses. There was a day when those fourteen thousand people. We're, we're, we're great followers of Moses and, and they followed him through the paths of the Red Sea. But now they turned their back on him and Moses stepped away and God killed them. I'm telling you, you better be careful because God gives good attention to those that used to walk with God and no longer do. You better be careful. Don't hang around them. Get close to the fountain where God is. Find out where God is and you stay close by. You find yourself the places where God is. Hey, God's, God, God's, not, uh, God's not down at the, uh, the dope store. God's not roaming the streets of Mountain View at 3 a.m. God's not driving up and down Spinard. Huh? God's not at the bar. God's not at the clubs. Stay, stay, away from where, stay away from the place where God Where is God? Well, I know God, God's here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I know that. That's one place God is. God's back there with MJ trying to keep him awake. Right now, morning, MJ. And uh, uh, if you would not stay out so late at night, you would not have such a hard time staying awake in church. And making sure things like that don't happen. And so, amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Get, get, get the, uh, as God in the ministry and then get close to your ministry. Get close to people who God is with. It's funny, you, you, the people that just seem to be blessed, you know who's always coming up with good deals? Alan and Lilda. They're always coming across some good deal somewhere. They're always coming across just, just great deals, great sales, great things at garage sales. And, and, and always come, Why? Could it be that God is with them? Huh? Quincy, I would never ride with Quincy. The guy, <laughs> I don't want you better get right with God, Quincy. Before I ever get in a car with you, that's all I'm saying. And uh, I'm just listen. Get close to where people, where God is with them. You stay close with them. Stay close by them because if God, if if y'all are hungry and God feeds them, and you're sitting right there, God's gonna feed you too. Yeah. You need to get safe somewhere, and God's going to get them safely there. You'll get safe there, too. You're riding in their car, and, and God ain't going to wreck their car. So I'd ride in their car, and they, because God will make sure them and their car is going to get there safely. And you're in the car, you might get there safe, too. I'm just saying, let's stay close to the fountain where God is. Stay close to Moses. Stay close to Paul. Hey, don't, get, don't hang out with Jonas. Don't hang out with Jonah. Don't, uh, that's dangerous. Don't hang out with Korah. You better, you better stay away from some of those folks. I, I'd stay away from the Achans. Be careful because the earth might swallow you up also. So what do we do? Get close to the fountain. Get close to where God is. Get close to where God is working. Get involved in God's work. Hey, God's close to his word. Get close to his word. God's close to soul winning. It's the dearest thing to his heart. Hey, God is for missions in the missions conference and, and getting missionaries out there spreading the gospel. Get close to where God is. Make the things that are important to God important to you. And you get close to that, and you'll find that you just might have, uh, you might be like Joseph in Potiphar's house, and you might be blessed because of Joseph's that you have put in your life, and they'll take care of you. So get close to that fountain and stay close to it. I wonder how many people in this room, you're hanging out with a Jonah or a Korah. 
You're getting so, you're getting a, a, a close to an aching. And I'm telling you, I'm warning you better be careful because when their demise comes, it'll be your demise too. When the earth goes, oh, opens up, it's sucking up everything around it. It's sucking up everything around it. You better get away from it. I don't want God to suck me up too. Stay away from it. Let's bow our heads tonight. Heavenly Father, tonight I pray that this will help.